Welcome to the Agency Blueprint Podcast, the show for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling a truly profitable agency, reducing stress, and getting your personal life back. I'm Robert Patton, international best-selling author, business coach, and contract CFO for creative agencies. Really quick before we jump into the show today, I have a gift for you. If you're an agency owner and you want to know how to structure your lead gen, sales, and operations in a simple, streamlined manner that is less headache and way more profitable, then I want to give you my latest book called The Agency Blueprint. It's free for you when you go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash ebook. If you're not happy with your agency performance, then this book is for you. You can also grab the link for the book in today's show notes. Thanks. And now for the show. Hey everyone, uh, we've got a special episode for you today. I've got Jared Rohr from Really Good Content here with me. We're going to be going over a uh, what his agency does and go over a special episode in reviewing a couple things that he has in a challenge in his agency today and solve those challenges with him in this episode. So Jared, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Robert. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, if you wouldn't mind just starting with who, uh, what your agency does, who you help and sort of where you are right now. Yeah, 100%. So um, we're a media agency. We specialize in websites, web presence. So we have an SEO plan, a web plan, and a marketing plan that we offer our clients. Um, and we specialize in the med spa sector. Um, so um, we're, kind of, we're right now we're in like the $300,000 range in our agency. So it's young. And we want to scale up to a million. So I'm hoping that a lot of the things that we can talk about today will help us in that scaling process. We've already helped so much with everything that we've done. So, um, so that's kind of where we're at right now. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that. And absolutely, hopefully we can uh, help you do that today. So um, if you wouldn't mind just sharing with us just what um, number one issue that you're looking to solve right now, what's sort of going on in your agency that is that primary block in helping you be able to scale to that million plus revenue year? Yeah, honestly, the main thing for me is just lead gen is getting a, a, a predictable pipeline of new clients coming in through our sales pipeline. So, you know, we've got a lot of systems built in place. We've productized our business as well so that it's streamlined. Uh, really, the next thing is just overflowing our company with leads to funnel people into those products. And if we can do that, I, I believe we can certainly scale really efficiently to uh, a million plus. Great. I mean, I, I know some of the things that you're currently doing, but if you wouldn't mind sharing for everyone, what sort of lead gen tactics have you tried and what's mm -hmm. working and what, what isn't working for you? Yeah, so I've done cold outreach on LinkedIn. I've done cold calls. I've done Facebook ads. I've create. Uh, I have a podcast. I have a YouTube channel. Um, I've spoken at conferences. Um, the conferences are the major one that's produced the most revenue for us. Obviously, that's contingent on my time. So you know, it, it'd also be good to have a solid flow uh, from elsewhere, maybe from Facebook, maybe from you know ads, or maybe even LinkedIn ads. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, you know, the other ones, I've gotten clients from LinkedIn. I don't think I ever got anything from Facebook ads, but I was running it myself and I'm not a Facebook ads expert. Um, uh, cold calling, I did not get anything through. Uh, straight up just calling businesses over and over, local businesses and offering them deals or things like that. I've done site audits where I will just do a recording of myself and send it to the business. 
I didn't get replies on a lot of those, so I could have just had the wrong email addresses for people. So I think that could have been a user error as well. Um, so in general, the conferences have produced the most for us so far, uh, where, you know, the last conference I spoke for, I think we added in like $100,000, $110,000 of uh, monthly recurring revenue from uh, me speaking. That's awesome. So then my question for you, right, when it comes to ads, um, what sort of wasn't working? Was it just the you weren't converting enough on your landing pages? Uh, the lead cost conversion was too high. What was the problem there? I think we just kept throwing money. So in the Facebook ads, mm-hmm. we just kept throwing money into the ads. I mean, we just weren't getting any uh, any leads from it. Not even not even the cost per lead was too high. It was just none. I think we had thrown mm-hmm. eight hundred something bucks in and maybe had gotten a handful of clicks possibly, but really hadn't gotten anything. I think personally, a Facebook ad with this new lead magnet that I was talking to you about before the call started, I think could actually be really powerful. Um, but um, but no, with, with the stuff before, just wasn't working. Yeah, the, the social media ads and digital ads thing can be sort of a hard fought long journey in my experience for many people and why Starting there can be very, fairly difficult. I mean, I think in my own experience, I probably spent $50,000 just testing to figure out what exactly was working and be able to optimize the funnel to allow for conversion. So it was definitely quite an investment over many months to figure out and just crack that nut. Um, what I learned personally in that um, is just making sure that you're testing the um, the creative on it and the copy is so incredibly important, making sure that hook is really there to allow for that conversion. And if you're any less than 1% click-through rate, then then the issue is, is that the copy or the ad isn't working. But quite frankly, I don't think that that is the avenue for you at the moment. Mm-hmm. I question for you, and I'll give you some more direct advice, but I question for you, if yeah. the conferences piece was working for you, yeah. what is the reason you haven't sort of leaned into that? Uh, I would say that I am definitely leaning into it. So I'm speaking, I scheduled myself for a conference in February. And then um, I'm, I reached out to, so there's a couple ways you can get on to these, cause, and they're, they're med spa conferences or the medical aesthetic conferences for plastic surgeons and, and dermatologists and med spa owners. Um, there's, there's two different ways that you can get on as a speaker um, for these conferences. Number one, you can send them a request. They, they have what's called a submission of abstracts where all of their typical, their clinical speakers will say, oh, here's my abstract of all the things that I learned on my whatever. And they have a business submission that you can do. That can get you a result. And I've worked with conferences that will accept people who just submit business abstracts. Um, the surefire way to get in is to find a connection on the scientific board who's making a decision on the faculty and send them an email directly and let them know, hey, I went ahead and sent in a request. Uh, but I really, really, really want to speak on this, this, and this topic this year, if you guys would be open to having me. I've spoken at this conference prior. So I've started reaching out to some of the conference organizers just to say that I, the ones that I know, saying, hey, I'd really love to speak for, you know, Miami Cosmetic Surgery Conference this year or the Vegas uh, Cosmetic Surgery Conference or whatever it is. Um, so that's kind of, I've, I've been going at that, but that's the only hard thing with these conferences is they're once every couple of months. And you're just playing the waiting game in between each one. You're, you know, going, going, selling, then fulfilling, going, selling, fulfilling. So I'm still in like the fulfillment gap between Mm -hmm. my last conference, which I think was a month and a half ago, two months ago, um, and the next one, which is February. And obviously you don't want your lead generation to be tied to someone else scheduling a conference and when they schedule it, right? 
Yeah, or where they position us, you know. So uh, some conferences are really kind and they give us a booth and they promote us. Uh, some conferences are just going to want us to get in, get on the stage, get off, you know. So I'm, I'm going to And they don't let you that, sell. You know, yeah, and they don't even want us to sell. So um, I am excited, though, because the topic that I'm going to do, so we've created a CRM uh, that we white label for our um, clients. The topics that I'm going to do at a lot of them this next year is going to be just using that CRM as the example. So I'm going to talk about sales funnels that win. And I'm going to talk about the whole process about what we do in a backwards way and say, you know, you have to have a solid SEO strategy that drives traffic to your website. You have to have a solid conversion strategy on your website uh, that drives sales as well. And then you also have to have a, a CRM that is driving those as well. Well, we, we fulfill all three of those things, but I'm just going to use that CRM as the example the whole time. And it's a, it's an aesthetic medicine branded CRM. It's the only one that exists. Uh, so I'd be shocked if people were like, oh, is there a different one? It's like, how do I get, how do I buy that one? You know, how do I get on? So I'm going to make a forward facing website for that. So hopefully that'll be kind of an entryway for a lot of people as well. So once they're mm-hmm. on, we'll give them a cold call and just say, hey, you know, we noticed that you're on aesthetic conversion and uh, wanted to have a quick phone call with you and see if there's anything else that we can help you out with. Um, so that's one avenue I've thought about at least like getting a ton of people on because it's an mm-hmm. easy barrier to entry for people to, you know, pay a hundred. 20, 130 bucks a month to get a serum. Most of them don't even have a serum. So to get one. So I've got a, a couple ideas and thanks so much for sharing that. Lots of, lots of background. So um, with the LinkedIn strategy, and actually one more question before I directly give you some steps that I think you should take. With the LinkedIn strategy, when you're going and do, doing direct messaging, I'm assuming you actually built up a network of your, um, of your niche and ideal client, right? Yeah. yeah. I've got probably like 700 connections within that within that niche. Okay. So what I'm thinking that you should do is a couple of different things. And I think take the conference strategy that you're currently utilizing and actually just take that digital, right? Why do you have to wait for a conference to allow for you to be able to produce the content and actually have a platform to be able to speak to them? So actually move it into a digital format and do webinars. So the content from your podcast and YouTube is huge. But what I would do is a couple things. One, I would start doing a media tour on podcasts for services, software, um, technology, to other service providers for your direct niche and have a conversation with them and actually start helping them actually produce content. So you can do a uh, CTA at the end of that content that you actually do, offering either a lead magnet or offering an invite to a free webinar that actually goes through some tactics they can utilize to be able to help grow their business that has parallels to your service and how you help um, the med spas as well. The other thing that has worked uh, very well in the LinkedIn strategy, since you've seen some results with LinkedIn, but not in a huge way, you can do the same sort of thing in the digital format for the conference type style, webinar style um, type content, and actually creating an event on LinkedIn. And the strategy that I see work very well is actually creating a LinkedIn event, all the details around what is actually going to be included in the webinar, what exactly that they're going to learn, creating a landing page that allows for them to actually sign up for that, that webinar specifically. So you capture their contact information. Exactly. And then for those contacts that you actually have on LinkedIn, you actually send them an invite to that event. So those 700 contacts, you just send them an invite and um, you should be able to see anywhere between 
seven to 10% of those people that actually invite. So of those 700 contacts, you should be able to see anywhere between 50 to 70 people actually opt into the webinar. Yep. And then you should see anywhere between 25 to 30% of a show rate of those people actually onto the webinar. But if you set up the webinar correctly, and we'll go through that a little bit more in what the format of the webinar should be, um, mm -hmm. but you can actually directly message them. So once they've actually opted in, you send them a message, a pre-formatted message that you can use a VA or someone on your team to send a message from your LinkedIn profile. Hey, here's the link to make sure that you opt in so that you get your seat reserved. There's limited amount of seats in this webinar. Want to make sure that you have your seat. And then you actually, if they don't still sign up, you send one more follow-up and then you can actually post within those event pages and notify everyone that has opted into that event that things are coming up and different content that you've actually put up on that event page. Cool. And the event page is, is through LinkedIn. It's kind of like a Facebook event where you, you, built, you built the event on their platform. And when they register, 100%. you mm -hmm. just link them into our CRM. Exactly. Exactly. So you then after the webinar, you can send them some nurturing sequences if they don't actually convert on that call um, yeah. and actually be able to nurture them and even have some information and some things that you actually send to excite them about the webinar and the content that they're going to go through um, and what they're actually going to learn on that webinar to make sure that they, you actually increase that show rate. Cool. The other thing, um, or the other thing that you can do to actually promote these types of events as well that I've seen work incredibly well is actually utilizing other groups on either LinkedIn or on Facebook or any other groups that are actually listed. You can actually go directly to the admin and ask them if you can actually post and even pay potentially to post on those direct um, channels and actually say, hey, we're offering this free event that's going to go over teaching these three things. Here's a link to be able to opt in and attend this webinar. One thing, uh, so one underserved group and they always slip my mind too um, that I could try to get into. I don't. I don't know if they even have Facebook groups, but I know a few, a few of the program heads is residency programs, is getting in and starting to educate physicians before they launch their practice, and trying to get as many of them into these free webinars and into our ecosystem as possible, so that once they launch their aesthetic practice, they're like, it's a no-brainer. Really good content. Tell me everything I currently know, so I'm going to use them. Absolutely. And I mean, I think it's important to recognize, right, that, that there's different people on a different place in their buyer's journey. So they may not have started their practice. They may have just started, may have limited budgets. And so there's, there's different places that people will be in that, that, that buyer's journey. So recognizing where they are and being able to actually nurture them and be able to start to see how you can actually nurture them eventually into a call so that you can start being able to sell them and being able to actually have them bring them into your agency. Yeah. Would you even recommend? I don't know. If, I don't know if they would be open to it because they might feel weird about it. Because I know even you've you've discussed this with your clients. But you think I should? I could even create like an affiliate program for these visit because essentially every re residency program is managed by an overseeing physician. There's one person that's managing the whole thing. But if I created an affiliate program for that person and said, "Hey, there's a little extra incentive for you to create these. You know, anybody that comes to the residency program that signs up with us, you get." 10% of their first year or something like that. Um, or I'm, I'm all about it. So I definitely wouldn't advise against it. What I would say is why don't you start with just an initial post and just, just start a conversation <laughs> yeah. with them. Yeah, just yeah. start with them and then see whether that audience is actually open to having the conversation with you and then actually 
starting an affiliate type relationship with them to start. So I would start just doing some direct outreach to these types of groups and to different people that actually are servicing that, um, that direct industry, the, the med spa industry, mm-hmm. and making sure that, um, that you're able to actually have a platform to be able to bring them in and start borrowing someone else's audience rather than trying to create one on your own because that can one it takes a lot of time and two as you've learned with yep. facebook right and your social media ads that it can be quite expensive yes yeah that's great and i already have a relationship with a lot of these people so quick tip on the webinar format yep the the webinar typically you want it to be anywhere between 30 to 45 minutes 45 minutes typically being the best amount of time that you want to have, and then you have 10 to 15 minutes at the end for Q&A. So you spend the first five, 10 minutes actually going through your agency, a little bit about your background, not really a sales pitch. You don't want it to feel like a sales pitch. You just want it to be informational as to what it is that you're doing and not, not necessarily how you help med spas, but just what it is that you're doing and what your background is and just creating authority and some connection with them. Then you actually want to go through two to three different pieces of content so three, two to three different pieces of teaching. So you're going to go through, hey, here's something that I see as a primary challenge in the bed spa industry when it comes to being able to scale and grow your practice and be able to bring people in. And ideally speaking, right, we're going to be talking about their websites from being able to draw more traffic, be able to book more calls, to be able to convert those calls and, and, um, and that traffic into actually paying patients. So giving them three different tactics that they can actually utilize. And at the end of each tactic, so you're going to spend five to 10 minutes on each different piece of content. And then you're going to spend five minutes at the end with a case study of how that tactic helped a med spa client of yours creating and increasing the amount of credibility that you have. At the end of the webinar, you're then going to offer them a, um, the CTA, right? So that whatever that call to action is, and ideally speaking, you want it to be to book a call so that you've already gotten their email address. You're going to push them actually to a call. You're going to say, Hey, we will go through a website review, give you some, some tactics and things that I see within your site that are going to allow for you to be able to improve the traffic flow as well as the conversion on your site. And so here's what you're going to leave that initial 10, 15 minute meeting with. So you're giving them a reason why they're going to join. It's not going to be a sales pitch. We'll give you a little bit of an explanation about what it is that we're going to do and how we help. And worst case scenario, you leave with three things that you should directly implement within your, within your med spa right now that's going to be able to help you grow. Very cool. Now, we offer three packages. So should I just do you know, a web, a web challenge, a SEO challenge, and a marketing challenge? That way I can kind of touch, do a touch point on each of our... Services. I would focus I would focus on one in each different webinar. I mean, you can do multiple different content pieces over time. So the way that I personally do these and the way that I recommend doing them is actually utilizing the same piece of content multiple times. So you can actually utilize that webinar and continue running that sequence from LinkedIn events to other networks and actually pushing to the same webinar. And you can actually run it once a week or once every two weeks and just doing that exact same Um, what you would have been doing essentially on stage at a conference, but doing it in a digital format and just doing that same piece of content for two, three, even six months, and then doing the next piece. So you would do websites that say for the first piece of content, here's three things that are primary pain points to being able to drive traffic and being able to convert on a site. Here's three pain points and three issues or three challenges that we can solve when it comes to SEO and et cetera. And the three things that 
content yeah. and, and email lead gen type situations and marketing situations as well. Cool. And then would you, uh, do you ever, uh, you would do all these live? I was going to ask if you, do you ever record and replay? I personally have tried doing both. I find that the live ones actually convert and do a whole lot better. Yeah. So Just I would test better. it. It feels better to know you're in the room with the guy. Yep. And then you have that opportunity to do the Q&A. Um, and so what happens and where I see tons of webinar um, hosts actually do incorrectly, and you will hear me say this time and time again, is that at the end of the webinar, if someone's still in the room, they're interested. And yeah. you should be trying to directly call them out and say, hey, you, whoever that person's name is that you see on that attendee list, I see that you're still in the room. Do you have a question? Um, I, I noticed that you haven't had a time, had the chance to book a call yet and actually see who's booking calls while you're in, when you're in that webinar and call them out. Hey, here's the link again. If you're interested in having a conversation, why don't we chat for 10, 15 minutes, see if we yeah. can help your med spa be able to grow. And you should be the last person in the room. Do you do, you do special offers in webinars? Discount offers? Discount offers or even just package offers. Like not, even, not necessarily like a discount offer, but even like a, you get this in addition or you get whatever it is. It depends on the audience for the actual webinar. I don't tend to sell in the webinar, especially when you're talking about an audience that doesn't necessarily know you yet. I would actually push them to an initial qualification calls, the, the sort of scripts that we have gone through and utilizing that as the ability to be able to convert them into a more in-depth in discovery or strategy session that eventually would lead to you selling them on your services. Cool. Okay, cool. Um, one offer, is, so far this hasn't bitten us in the butt because um, it costs us like 60 bucks per client so far per month, um, is anybody who has a subscription with us, we give them the CRM for free. We say, use the CRM for free. You can, uh, you can email your clients, you can text your clients, or whatever it is. And so far with each client, it costs, our cost is like $60 a month. Um, and we're going to upgrade too soon. Anyway, they'll, they'll get billed directly for text messaging. And, um, and uh, so I could even throw something like that in there. Um, in, even in a call or something like that, on a, on a, um, on a sales call, I'm going to say, hey, just so you know, you know, we're offering people to get the opportunity to get on our CRM as well. You can do that as like a bonus offer of adding something additional that you would have already yeah. typically done, you know, right. as something that allows for them to be able to feel like they're getting something additional. Yeah. During that that webinar, right? Hey, we're gonna we're also offering the CRM. If you actually join this conversation for just sixty bucks, you're gonna have access to pre-email formats, templates of how you can reach out to patients once they've actually visited your site and converted, things like that, yep. that gives them some additional value. And they're actually going to be able to see the types of stuff that you're doing and how you can actually help. Cool. Cool, cool, So wanted to see if there was anything else that you wanted to, that we might be able to help you out with today. Yeah, my other thing is personal productivity. So um, I'm... I don't, I don't know if I have ADHD, you know, and I never want to put any limiting beliefs on myself. Uh, but I do find that it is difficult for me to, to uh, get myself to do work, um, or at least to do work consistently and effectively without the adrenaline and the emotionalism of, oh, I'm so excited about this next thing. I want to be able to have a, a consistent cadence of the work that I'm doing and to have confidence that it's effective and it's going towards um, kind of a productive outcome. So. 
Um, maybe that could just be in planning, but I just wanted to know a little bit from you about those personal productivity hacks or things that I can do to make myself more efficient. So this may a bit sound a bit counterintuitive to the question that you're asking, but I want to first ask a question and then I will give you my thoughts. But um, what would you say your energy levels are on a regular basis when it comes to your agency and your day-to-day life? Like my excitement levels for my agency? Mm-hmm. When you don't have something yeah. that's just, you know, really exciting in front of you, what, are your, what is your energy level? I'm probably like a consistent like six and a half, seven, where it's just like, I'm very happy with it. I'm happy to do work within my agency, happy to do work for our clients. You know, I'm not like on 10 all the time. Where I'm like, oh, this new thing is crazy. You got to learn about, it. you know, I'm, I'm probably, I get up to a 10 here and there when it's like, you know, we added the new lead magnet onto our site. So it pushed me up to a 10 and I worked for 24 hours straight to try to implement it because I was so excited. Um, but I would say I'm consistently kind of sitting around a seven, just happy, but not, you know, overly, overly energetic all the time. So, I mean, I, I think that being at a, at a seven, seven, eight is, is good. A nine, 10 is even, is better, obviously, right? Having fully charged batteries and you're really excited and energized. So what I'm going to actually suggest to you is that you actually ask for a productivity hack. And I'm going to actually advise essentially the opposite of what you're asking for is that okay. you actually sh- should create some more idle time for yourself. You, I know, are a really busy person, you like to be constantly feeling like you're doing something. And that amount of consistent busyness actually drains your batteries more than it actually allows for you to be able to feel full and excited. So when you're actually working, you actually do th- do things very, very energetically. So actually creating space for yourself to actually have time alone, whether that be reading a book, going for a walk um, with your wife and newborn daughter, right? Just spending time with yourself rather than consistently being in the business. Put your phone away. Don't be looking at emails. Don't be looking at ways to create more productivity. And you will actually find that you will be more energized consistently, allowing for you to actually have that energy. And it actually increases productivity, creating that idle time so that you have more energy when you're actually engaged with the business. Yeah, I think that's great. So I'd certainly overexert myself. I know you do. That's why I was suggesting. Half right well under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I would, as an exercise, and this is directly from um, the book Do Nothing, and I, Celeste, I don't remember her last name. Um, what she did in this exploration for herself was that she actually created a timeline and a schedule. So I have only actually done this for myself within the business and didn't actually do this for my own personal life. But what she recommends you do, and I actually really like the idea and would like to hear some feedback from you and how this, how this actually went for you, was creating a timeline and a schedule for your personal life. Like I wake up in the morning, I have breakfast with my family, and then I go to the gym and then I actually work, right? That's when I first opened my email, but actually creating a schedule. And then at noon, I take lunch. At six, six o'clock, I'm off the computer, and what specifically you're actually doing throughout the day, not just in business, but what your personal life should be. I mean, the business is supposed to create yeah. personal life and lifestyle that you want, but your life, I'm sure in many cases, and like many agency owners gets sort of consumed by the business. Yeah. So create kind of the ideal day or the ideal schedule for your day. Exactly. Exactly. 
That's great. All right. Well, um, I don't know if you have anything else or if you had anything specifically around that, that, that tip that I gave you on being able to help create more energy. I think that energy is the sort of base foundation for being able to allow us to be productive, allow us to be yeah. engaged and allow us to be able to inspire ourselves. The, so there's, I, I do have one question. So the guided energy, uh, once that is created, when I, so one of my first jobs, I worked at Starbucks. Starbucks has, uh, when you when you're on the floor, they have a list of priorities for you. They say if trash cans aren't empty, that's number one. If floors uh, after the trash cans are empty, make sure you hit the floors. Uh, and then once and if you can get through all seven things each hour, awesome. But if you can't, this is the order of importance of things that you need to worry about. And number one, you got to make sure that thing gets done. If that doesn't get done, nothing else happens. So. Is there kind of like an order of operations or order of priorities that I can run through in my brain when I am sitting down to work, when I am energized? Is there an order of things to say, okay, number one, let me make sure that we've got content going out on social media. Next, I got to make sure that we have, uh, you know, uh, and these are not the work of the business because I don't want to ever be so distracted with the work of our business that I don't work mm -hmm. on our business, you know, because the goal is in the end that our whole entire business is self funded and fueled and I have employees mm -hmm. running the whole thing and all I have yep. to worry about are whatever these seven things are. So I've got two thoughts on this. Um, first being, as you know, as the sort of the base foundation of the program um, is making sure that you have that right next thing. So I would just be focused on what that right next thing is and what exactly you should be doing in that given week. So what is the number one thing that you should be doing today? Um, that is going to allow for that particular uh, project to be able to be able to be completed to its fullest. So right now, for example, is going to be lead generation. I can't say that I'm going to give you a list of, hey, here's the top three things you should be doing every day, because quite frankly, that's going to change over time. What, what should be done today, what should be done next week, and what should be done six months from now is going to change as your agency grows. So you don't have this one thing that you're going to be able to do. It needs to be specifically for your agency at that exact moment. What I will also say is what I find personally is that I am the most creative, the most engaged, the most energized in the morning. So I do my deepest thought work in the morning in quiet, no email, no meetings, no nothing. And that's time dedicated to myself where I actually do the work that I need to do. So I would do a personal exploration myself, you, and actually figure out when you are able to have, be at max sort of capacity mentally and when you create and when you are, you're, you're able to actually do that deepest amount of thought and make sure that you're focused that time, that right next thing time when you are at your best. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's great. I have to learn when I'm at my best I have to, or I have to create a new, uh, my, when I was at my best before was like 2 a.m. 3 a.m. <laughs> now, now that's when I'm at my best sleep. <laughs> Thanks to you. Awesome. Thanks, Sam. So happy to hear that. Thanks so much uh, for um, joining us and, and sharing all of this, Jared, and being able to share this with everyone and all the listeners of the Agency Blueprint uh, podcast. Thank you, sir. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like 
too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things. But at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell because if I don't sell, I don't, make our, I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to $1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char- typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2000 to 3000 Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we want to make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens. Boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's going to work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I want to deliver. And yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks, and I'll see you inside the program. Thank you.